We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher of IrishBreakdown.com. That guy right there is Vince Adair. He is our football analyst at IrishBreakdown.com. And Vince, we're three days away from Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. It's the Fiesta Bowl. It is the first game of the Marcus Freeman era and all the things that go along with yeah. that. And, you know, we've kind of talked about how the teams stack up on paper and, and how the matchups are and, for this, for this show, and we're going to follow, this is going to be part of a two-part show, okay? Part one, we're going to focus on the Notre Dame offense, and then we're going to talk about the defense. But we're going to kind of get a little bit more into the specifics of the Notre Dame team and mm-hmm. sort of who the guys are that we feel that we're going to have our eye on as far as who we think can have really the biggest impact of this game. And we could really make a case for all 11 starters and some backups and, oh, this guy has to play and that guy has to play well. But – Guys that we feel are not only vital to success, but maybe guys who aren't as consistently dominant, right? So we're not going to put Michael Mayer in there. That's someone who we will not discuss in the show because we kind (laughs) of know he's going to be pretty good. Plus, I don't necessarily think Michael Mayer has to have a big game because I think that Oklahoma State could try to take him out of the game with double coverage, which I think they're going to do. Tommy well, Reese talked about that yesterday. If they don't, then, I would be it would be suspect as to what they're doing with their game plan. Correct. And Notre Dame's gonna have a big game, right? You're right. But so okay, then then what happens next? Who has sure. to step up really for Notre Dame to be successful? And we go a lot of different directions, but we came up with four guys. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> well, let's yes and three no. guys in one position. There you go. <laughs> all right. Because we always that's, fudge the rules a little bit, because that's what we, we do. do. And so yeah. We can do that because it's okay. It's it's, it's yeah. you know I, we make the rules. I that's make the right. rule. You second it, and we're all we're all <laughs> yeah, good. That's right? right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so let's start off with I think a really important battle, and we could spend a whole show talking about the individual matchups of the offensive line. I think the mat the guy that that, that, that we're most going to be focused on as far mm-hmm. as who could have a big impact in the game, positively or negatively, is freshman Blake Fisher. Absolutely. And I think he is a guy to me because of number one, his talent and the potential he showed early in the season and then in fall camp and in spring. 
you think, boy, you know, you Blake Fisher, he's going to be dominant. He's so talented. But again, this is a guy that hasn't played football in three months. Right. And then you talk about the matchup where he's now being thrown into the fire for his first collegiate game. It was like, you know, hey, uh, hey, Blake, here's Jermaine Johnson, who's going to be a top, you know, day one, day two draft pick for Florida State. Welcome to college football. Right. Oh, you're going to miss three months. Hey, welcome. Let's throw you back out there against a team that led the nation in sacks. Right. And so they certainly haven't made it easy for Blake Fisher. But Vince, this is a guy that how he performs in either direction is going to have a big impact on this game. Well, no question. And we talked, we've talked about this a bunch, you know, in shows leading up to this Notre Dame starting two true freshmen at tackle. And I don't think anybody would disagree with us. If we said that Joe Alt has been the best pass blocker so far on the season. And, and I think that that's accurate. I think he, it's because he's long, he's athletic. He's able to, you know, he's got good feet, et cetera. Those are all very well by the time he got to Notre yes. Dame by his dad, who's a former NFL football player. No question. Wyman, I should say. And his athleticism, everything we just said about Joe Alt's athleticism, you could say about Blake Fisher, right? In and, a 330 plus pound right. package. <laughs> and, and adding him to the right side. And again, and I want people to understand, this is nothing against Josh Lug, but Josh Lug was playing injured most of the season. Which we have found out. he has Right, played. which we now know. Right. Because we knew that he had some back issues. We now know that he had a knee issue like that is a big deal when you're playing in space. And that's what tackles do. They play in space. Right. They have to have change um, of direction. They have to be able to plan yeah. off one leg and, you know, get that, out. Either that's one where the feet right. are so important. And right? the knee, talk a about healthy yes. knee, because you either you have to plant, you have to drive off that inside foot. If that's the one that injured, that's <clears> going to be a little bit hard. Or if it's the outside foot, you've got to be able to plant and anchor against the power anchor. or you have to plant and work inside quickly mm-hmm. off of a double move or to pick up a blitz. Either right. way, a guy playing on, on a knee that's not 100%, he's not an incredible – it's a guy that we thought was probably better as a guard anyway. I mean, that was the Correct. shows we were doing back in the spring. Yep. Josh Lug being a guard. Yep. And then, and then you put this on him. And you can understand why at times he, he struggled with some sense. of the better pass rushers. It makes perfect game. sense why, you know, maybe he was getting beat around the edge and, and and beat with a double move to the inside, you know, things of that nature. Everything that you just explained. So now you move Blake Fisher over there and don't expect miracles. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say that. Because, it's not going to look like Ronnie Stanley mm, as no, a senior in his no. second career game. No. Now, could he be an upgrade? He could be. Right. But that's why we're talking about him, because he is going to impact this game either in a positive direction or in a mm-hmm. negative direction. Right. And right. And let me also say that if it is in a negative direction, OK, let, let's say he doesn't light the world on fire like some people are predicting that he's going to do. That doesn't mean that he's a bust. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's still got yeah. a long that's, that's way not to even go. a That's not even a. Right. I mean, there's always going to be people that say silly things like, of that. course. But so here's why this matchup matters, Vince. OK. You look at a, a pair of freshmen that are being matched up against a defense big picture that led the nation in sacks and tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. And if you look at their numbers, the thing that's impressive about their numbers, Vince, when you really study them, is there's not like a game where they had absurd numbers that kind of pad the stats. That, like yeah, they, right. They didn't have 18 tackles for loss against Southwest Missouri State. They only had nine. Mm-hmm. It went nines. This is their tackle for loss numbers. Nine, six, seven, seven, ten, seven, four, seven, twelve, eleven, thirteen, nine, eleven. It was consistency. Right. And the game they only had four. That was against 
Iowa State. A loss. Got a game they, they lost 24 21. Right. Yeah. You look at the same thing with their sack numbers, Vince. There's not, there's, there's one game that was kind of higher, but it was really just a cumulative. It was five, two, four, two, three, three, two, one. And then that, that was, that was during a stretch where Oklahoma State was winning a lot of really close games and lost a game. They had two sacks against Iowa State. Right. Then it was one against Kansas, who stinks. Then it was eight, seven, five, six, and six, right? So there's not like a 12, 10 sack game in there. It was a bunch of just really good games. It's a consistency from a pass rush standpoint. You're talking about a defensive line that when we get specific about why it's a challenging matchup, you have three defensive ends, three defensive ends Mm -hmm. that had double digit tackles for loss numbers this season. Right. That is Colin Oliver, who is a true freshman, did not start. I mean, he. He plays a bunch, but he's not technically a starter. Right. He's technically yeah. second string. Right. Right. He had 15 tackles for loss. Brock Martin is the starter at that position. He mm-hmm. had 12 tackles for loss. Now they will play together at times as well. Sure. And then you had Tyler Lacey, who had 11 and a half tackles for loss. Well, and the thing I like about this group, if we're not, you know, obviously not looking at it from a Notre Dame standpoint, just evaluators of college football, it's a very diverse group. Mm-hmm. You have Colin Oliver, the freshman, who's 6'2", 225, and explosive athletically. Then you have Brock Martin, who's 6'3", 250, a guy that's that's got a great motor, good athlete, you know, but he's also advanced. You know, he can do a lot of different things. Right. He's, he's more technical. Sound. Yeah. He's what Andrew Trombetti should have been at Notre Dame and what we thought he was going to be when he was a freshman. You remember he had a really good freshman year. And then you've got Tyler Lacey, who's 6'4", 295 completely different player he's a power player right and i think that's the challenge for the notre dame freshman offensive lineman especially a guy like blake fisher because with joe alt you feel like joe played started six games i mean his first serious action as a tackle was against cincinnati after tosh baker went down and carmody was hurt then he makes his first start against virginia tech so he's he started what seven games yeah and then played like over 30 snaps and or over 20 snaps and another Plus, he had gotten some tight end snaps. That's right. He played a decent amount of – right. He's played a lot of football. He's going to be up more to game speed. You look at Blake Fisher, though, who hasn't played since the first half of of a game on September 4th. Right. So it'll be almost four months, right? And you look at that and you say, boy, him being up to game speed is a little bit more of a challenge against an explosive athlete like Colin Oliver. You look at a guy that's just kind of a high motor, great leverage, strong guy like Brock Martin, and then a 6'4", 295-pound guy in Tyler Lacey. It's that combination of skills, to me, that makes this matchup even more challenging. It's not like Blake Fisher has one guy that he's got a, you know, okay, they this is their left end. Right. I'm matched up against their left end the whole game. He's going to face, because they're they do field boundary, he's going to have to face all three of these guys and they all present completely unique challenges. And that's what makes this matchup really important. And if Blake can hold his own, then Notre Dame is going to have a chance to have a lot of success on offense. If he struggles, then 10 other guys could do their job and it's going to be, it's going to cause problems. That's why that's the first matchup that we thought of when we talked about what what one are we going to be watching right away? Yeah, to see how this thing is going to go. We're going to have our eyes on on number fifty four, to outside of the game to just kind of see where he is at. 
He was the first one on my list. And it was, it was like, man, do I, do I put him down because it's so obvious? Well, yeah, because that's what the topic of the show is, <laughs> but it's like, you know, it was the obvious one. I mean, that's the game. I'm not saying the game is going to be decided by that, by the matchup of the two end of the two tackles and the ends and all that, but it's really important. It's really important to the success that Notre Dame is going to have offensively because if they, if they can slow down this pass rush, then it opens up a lot of doors and windows for the, mm-hmm. the Notre Dame offense and Tommy Reese. And, and that's the key, right? If they're, if they're having to deal with those guys in the backfield consistently, it, it just changes everything that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's why it's so important. I mean, it just, it's the, it's the foundation of what you want to do offensively. You have to be able to get rid of the ball. You have to be able to do things in the backfield. You got to be able to run the ball, all of those different things are going to hinge on what Blake Fisher's doing at right tackle. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And a big part of what's going to happen with Blake Fisher and Joe Walt at the offensive line is what you're going to see at the at running back. Yes. This is our position of, group. Yeah. Right. This is, this is, you're, ha- you're facing what I believe is the best defense you faced all year. Now, it's debatable. You can make a case for Cincinnati. Sure. And I think the argument for Cincinnati is individually, their three or four best players are better than Oklahoma State's three or four best players. What to me separates Cincinnati and, and Oklahoma State is that just top to bottom, Oklahoma State is really dynamic and and really just good across the board, even though they may not have the one or two. They, there's no Ahmad Bradshaw right. or Ahmad Gardner, excuse me, Gardner, on, yeah. on Oklahoma State. As good as those ends are, my Jay Sanders is probably a little bit of a better player. And, and honestly, they don't even have a DB as good as Kobe Bryant. So at the top, yes, yeah, Cincinnati, but just – 9, 10, 11, and then the depth is definitely Oklahoma State, and the results right. are Oklahoma State. Then you look at Wisconsin, and Wisconsin was a big physical line. I still, I'll still, i contend, Vince, that if Notre Dame plays Wisconsin in November, that's not a close game 
not because Notre Dame had two pick sixes and a kick return. Because the offense because actually does what they needed to they do. They would have taken advantage of the yeah. perimeter matchups the way right. they should have. Right. That they didn't. Correct. I mean, the offense was anemic at best Correct. in Wisconsin. It was game. some big plays by Kevin Austin. It was a, sure. you know, a big couple bit and a couple really nice plays by by Avery Davis up the seam. And then other than that, I mean, no run game to speak of. Offensive line couldn't protect Jack Cohn at all. No. I think it'd be a different matchup now. This because Wisconsin doesn't have a lot of great team speed on defense. Agreed. They're big and physical, they're but they're not fast. And, and incredibly right. well coached. Oklahoma State is more athletic, Agreed. also incredibly well coached. Because in the in the Big Twelve, you got to cover more space, right? I mean, and so that makes sense. If you were going to take the names and the colors off of those defenses, I could tell you which one was which by how they play and what conference that they play in, right? I mean, that's that's what. In the Big Twelve, you've got it. You have to, <clears throat> you have to defend space. You have to defend sideline to sideline. In the Big Ten, you don't really need to do that, right? I mean, you need to be big. You need to be physical. You need to be able to shut down run games. You know that kind of stuff. So it makes sense that these defenses are the way they are. They're just different, right? I mean, that that's the big thing. The matchup for Oklahoma State is is more challenging for Notre Dame at this point because I'm more concerned about the athletic penetrating group right yes. now than I am the big physical group. No question. But I feel like Notre Dame's scheme has has gone because they're doing what we said they should do, the tempo, the perimeter stuff. Those are the things that we think would work so much better against Wisconsin. It's the way that Notre Dame schematically plays. Those things aren't as aren't as successful, just in, impactful against a team like Oklahoma State. Right. And that's why it has to now be more about you have to be really good and productive and make plays. It's just not about we're just more athletic than you. And so now you have to face this defense without Kyron Williams. Yeah, true. And so it's a tremendous opportunity for Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree and perhaps hopefully Audric Estime. Yeah, he wasn't on the two deep, but I don't think that means anything. I mean, Marcus Freeman has said all three guys are going to play. Right. And so you look at this matchup and you say this – I expect estimate to play. I still think this is going to be a Diggs Tyree Tyree yeah. Diggs situation. It's going to and, be like a one two three punch. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like it's going to be and, those and two guys. Hopefully, yeah. it's not one of them dominating the reps the, the way that Kyron Williams did. And and understandably, the white Kyron Williams did that. He was a heck of a player. But sure, you know, you want to see them say, "Hey, what are the skills that Chris Tyree brings to the table? What are the skills that Logan Diggs brings to the table?" And do a better job of utilizing those skills right together. Yes, and those agreed. are the things that we hope to see. But you, all the scheming in the world is not at the end of the day is those guys have to make play. So that that's why it's a twofold aspect of the backs, which is number one, we want to see how they're going to be used. Right. And number two, can they make plays? And then here's the third part. This is the really interesting one. I think if there's any room to work, they're going to make good runs. I think if used in the past game, they're going to make some plays. The big question mark I have what is going to be against a team that brings pressure, not blitz pickup. Yeah. That's the final piece of this puzzle of how do they replace that aspect of what Khan brings to the table. So this group to me, Vince has a chance to have a big impact in this game in a bit, definitely in a positive manner, but they've got to protect the football and be good in pass pro for this offense really to work at its best. Yeah. It's funny because um, you, you brought it up as the third aspect of what these backs do. And that's the first aspect that I'm going to be watching because mm-hmm. I have faith that when they have the ball in their hands, they're going to be good. I mean, I want to see them expand on Chris Tyree's role. 
You know what I mean? I yes. want him to get more touches, right? Even if it's Design in the Design the run game to better fit what Absolutely. he does. Absolutely. Correct. And I think I think you could kind of insert Logan Diggs in, into the um the Kyron Williams role, yeah. but at a, in a smaller, you know, compact way, if that makes sense. Like sure. you don't need to have him in for the snaps that you had Kyron Williams in. Right. But so everything that, you did schematically with Kyron, you can, you can do, do with Logan is the exact, point you're making. Exactly. And right. so I'm hoping that the less snaps that Logan gets, that means more snaps for Tyree, but in a creative way. Or play them together more. And that would be That's fine, the other too. Thing. I would be fine with that, right? And so, um, but I think they're going to be fine with the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. I, I have all the faith in the world in those two guys. I really do. And, and Audric as well. I mean, when mm-hmm. he, he showed that when he runs the ball, he can be effective as well. Right. It's it's let's pick up and pass game. I mean, that's the biggest question mark for me. And I'm not saying it's a question mark like I'm worried about them. Like, oh, man, I've seen them mess it up so much in the past. It's that they weren't really asked to do it at a volume level mm-hmm. like they're going to be asked to do right. in a Fiesta Bowl. And right. I mean, that's it's just an, it's an unknown. Right. And so of all the things that we ask running backs to do in an offense as coaches, that's going to be the biggest thing for me mm-hmm. uh, that I'm going to be watching is how they do in blitz pickup. Absolutely. The other thing for me is because you're talking about two guys who their most career carries in a game is 11. Or actually, no, Chris Tyree last year against Boston College had 17. After that, it's 11. He had 11 against Florida State last year and 11 this year against uh, Purdue. Okay. Meaning not guys that have carried the ball a ton. Right. In Chris Tyree, we haven't seen a healthy, full-speed Chris Tyree all year. So, obviously, True. I want to I want to see that. But the big thing is, is I, I really think Tyree, if they use him correctly, is a guy that could really be impactful in this game. And I thought we were going to see it last year in the, the Rose Bowl because yeah. early in the game, they ran that screen to him, and he went for almost 30 yards on it. Yeah, I was like, okay, here we go. You know, really yeah. kind of get him going this way and that way against Oklahoma State. I really hope that they utilize him effectively. But Chris Tyree is not a 20-touch guy. No. He's never going to be a 20-touch guy. I had someone somewhere today say, you know, if they don't get Chris Tyree 20-plus touches, then you might as well just move him to flanker. And I was like, um... Uh, Kyron Williams had more than 20 carries in a game twice this year. Right. That's not the game anymore, right? It's, right. it's I remember the year that, that Georgia had that great backfield of Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. You remember oh, that? Yeah. In 2017? I, remember that. I remember looking at it and being just shocked at how many times Nick Chubb carried the ball more than 20 times in a game and thinking, boy, I wouldn't have expected that. Do you know the number of times he carried the ball at least 20 times in a game that season? They played 15 games, one, and he carried 20 times against South Carolina. Right. It just because because you are using multiple backs now. Right. 15, 10, 15 years ago, Nick Chubb would have done that almost every game. Absolutely. Right. But the way the game is one time he got over 30 like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you had that lead back. You ran the ball. You know, now it's it's you play multiple players. You know, you get them the ball in space. The touches still need to be there, but it's not carries as like it used to be. Right. Exactly. So you've got to get Chris Tyree 10 to 12 touches has to get 10 to 12 touches. And then you've got to get Logan Diggs at least 12 to 15 touches. To me, that's where I want to be. And then you've got, you'll have Audric estimate maybe in there. And so I'm talking minimums, or, right? Yeah. yeah. Minimums 10 to yes. 12 for Tyree minimum 12 to 15 for Logan Diggs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if you're getting t- that kind of balance and then you've mixed it up to where Tyree has a package, because here's the unique thing about a bowl game, Vince, you don't have to worry about tendencies, 
you don't have to worry about creating tendencies that your future opponents are going to have to worry about. That's a good point. You have no other game. So you can say in this game, Tyree is going to have this package and Logan Diggs is going to have that package because you're not worried about tendencies in either direction. You're not worried about them knowing tendencies. If anything, sure. they kind of they know what you're going to run because you kind of run the same stuff. And with Tyree, it's like, okay, he'll run a jet sweep and then the normal run game. Right. And then with Diggs, it's just he's going to run your normal package, right? That's the only tendency you have. You don't have to worry about your next opponent figuring that tendency out because Ohio State's not going to be reading too much into this game because it's They'll watch it, but it months, won't be. Right? Yeah, you're right. Oh, gee, that's yeah. what they're going to do now for every single game. You can have right. some fun with this now. And that's what I want to see Tommy Reese do. That's where I want to see that creativity. It, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We're not talking about creating 12 new plays. It's just when Chris Tyree is in the game, it's okay to play to his strengths. Absolutely. When Logan Diggs is in the game, you, it's okay to play to his strengths because you don't have to worry about having too much on your plate for an entire season because you're just you're building towards this one game. And that's what I want to see. And if they do that, then these backs need to step up and be successful. That's going to be no a big, big part of the game. So next, Vince, let's talk about the wide receiver position. Yeah. And we could pick several guys. We could go Brayden Lindsey. Yeah, could, I was you know, tempted. And, and, I was tempted to go Brayden Lindsey because, because and, and I, I, kind of an honorable mention. He may yeah. have two touches, but they could be <clears throat> huge exactly. plays. And that's, that's why he was kind of an honorable mention for me because it was, okay, what is the role of Brayden Lindsey going right. to be? Can you expand – on his role right. a little bit or, to make him more dynamic. Or is this the game he finally gets a chance to make that big play down the field? You know, that's the other thing is the thing about Braden Lindsay is what we said during the summer, during the spring, back in the winter is you, he's not a six to eight touch guy. It's just, you need to get him at least three or four touches and then do it in different ways. And, you know, 30 Absolutely. snaps and, and those type of things, but get, find a way to get him the ball. If you feel you have a read on when they like the blitz Maybe that's the time you run a little bit of a tunnel screen there to Brayden Lindsay. Exactly. Do something to get him going. You could make and you could say the same thing about Lorenzo Styles. I could everything we just said about Brayden Lindsay, we could say the exact same thing about Lorenzo Styles. He doesn't need eight touches to right. make this thing impactful. He just needs to go out and you know, he could be a big play guy. That's the big key. And so you look at this matchup and you say, boy, one of those guys has to, you know, make some plays. But at the end of the day, the guy that we went with is the one that we're really going to be keying on is Kevin Austin. The alpha. It, I mean, yeah. that's it. Look, I, I, we all know that Kevin Austin has a decision to make after this game. And, you know, all of those things that go along with what happens after a bowl game and when, okay, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, it's okay. If you want to leave for the NFL, who are you? Like, mm -hmm. can you, can you rise up in a big game? Right. And I, I'm not sure, right? I'm not yeah, because he's played. You, we, we could argue they've played. You know, the big games they've played this year. Obviously, you know, Cincinnati. I would argue Florida State was one because right. we Florida State had some high expectations. Absolutely. Night game, Sunday night, all of he it played well that game. Mm -hmm. You know, Purdue was the big game because it was a, a really quality opponent, and he did not play well Cincinnati. in that game. Wisconsin was a big game. He stepped up and played really well. Had two touchdowns in that sure. game. Then you come back the next week and it's Cincinnati and he didn't play well. Right. I would argue USC was a big game because it's a big rivalry game. It's sure. a night game and he did not play well that game. Mm -hmm. He had two big drops in that game. After that, however, Kevin really started to, to be steady. Sure. Once the steadiness came, then all of a sudden the, dy the dynamic aspects came. 
So once he started finding some consistency, then he was able to build on that and had uh, over 100 yards and sure. two two games over 100 yards in November. Sure. So, you know, to your point, Vince, is what are we getting the USC, Cincinnati, Purdue version of Kevin Austin? Right. Or are we getting the Florida State, you know, Wisconsin, Navy, Stanford, right. Georgia Tech version of Kevin Austin? Right. Exactly. That's the question. Mark. Because we because look, Notre Dame needs to have somebody that's going to go out and be like, look, I'm the guy. Throw me the ball. You know what I mean? And and you have to have confidence that when that happens, he's going to make plays. Right. You know what I mean? And we all know that he's got the athletic capability of doing it. He's got the tools, right? And it's fun to watch him play. And I agree that he's been more steady lately. And I love that about him. But this is a huge spot, right? He's going to need to step mm-hmm. up and he's going to need to be good in order for this offense to take the next step. Because here's the concern I have about this matchup, and this is why, because the premise of the show is who are we watching to really see if they're going to step up and have a big impact. The reason I'm going with Kevin Austin is because when Kevin Austin Austin has struggled this year, more often than not, it's when you're playing a defense that has big corners because he doesn't play with good technique. I don't blame him for that. I don't think he's coached to play with good technique. But it's just a fact. It's a fact. He struggles at the line of scrimmage against big corners. Even USC, who doesn't have great corners, but they have big corners. But they're big, yeah. Chris Steele's a bigger guy. Uh, The other kid that they have is a bigger guy. He's like 6'1 and a half, 6'2". They've got bigger corners. Isaac Taylor Stewart. And... North Carolina had some bigger corners, but sure. one of their bigger corners was out. Kyler McMichael was out, and Kevin took advantage of that. Right when he was beating people, it wasn't Tony Grimes, it wasn't Kyler McMichael because Kyler McMichael didn't play. It was their smaller corner. This is Kevin's chance to say, "Hey, you're playing big corners again. Show us how you've improved." You know, we've talked about how the offense has improved, and they got to show that they've improved. Kevin is a big part. He is sort of a a microcosm of the offense. You know, when he's good, the offense is good, you know, and when he's not good, the offense is not good, but he really improved in the second half of the year. That's where the microcosm aspect comes into play. Absolutely. Is that real improvement or is it because he hasn't played anybody or any good corners like the guys he went up against earlier in the year that gave him some problems? And so when you look at this matchup against Christian Holmes, who's 6'1", 205, when you look at the the matchup against uh, Bernard Converse, it's 6'1", 200. And then one of the backup corners who's going to play a lot, Corey Black, a six foot, 185. Those are the kind of players that have given him problems. When he's matched up in the slot, you've got Tanner McAllister, who's 5'11, 195, very physical player. You've got Colby Harvell Peel, who's six foot, 207. There may be times he's matched up against them on vertical routes sure. when Kevin lines up in the slot. So they're going to see the film and say, that guy doesn't like to get jammed. So and they're going to jam gonna him. Do. Yeah, exactly. They're going to jam him. It's called good if, scouting. Kevin's not ready for that, it's going to hurt the offense. If Kevin's ready for that and he's worked on his craft and he's and he's ready to beat it, then he's going to have some big plays. Absolutely. And if Kevin Austin gets going in this game, Oklahoma State's in trouble. Agreed. Because now your safeties have to help out. Right now, they're going to go into this game saying, we trust our corners enough to match up with Kevin. He may make a play or two, but he's not taking the game over. Because, A, he hasn't really shown he can do that against anybody like us, Right. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have to figure out ways to to yeah. protect our corners now because this guy's whooping their butts exactly. And, and then and when you he, do that, that opens up the seam. Hello, Michael Mayer. Hello, you know, Lorenzo running Styles, backs. Hello, running. Yes, exactly. All of those things. And I mean, then your your free safety because they like to do so. Oklahoma State shows a lot of too high, meaning two safeties deep, and then they like to roll. So one guy will go middle of the field. 
right. that guy is now keen on Mayer to Austin, now who's cover number zero? Exactly. You know, and that's that's where we kind of get into it. So, but it all to me boils down to yep. number four has to step up and have a big game. Right. Kevin Austin needs to come back to college. I'm sorry. I know the Agreed. injury thing is a concern for him, but the reality is if he comes back, continues to show the growth as a young man and the so growth good. as a player, he can not only be great next year, but his draft stock is going to go way up. Because I'm saying, well, he's going to test well, and that's going to raise his draft stock. Imagine if he tested well a year from now after a thousand yard season. Because he still has all the games that you just talked about, you know, that he didn't play very well. Right. And next no year, matter you'll how have well Ohio he tests, State, you'll have Clemson, you'll have, exactly. you know, exactly. You're going to have plenty of opportunities. He's to not going to have enough good to your. Right. You were getting ready to say it, Vince, and I cut yeah. you off. I apologize. You That's were getting okay. ready to say he doesn't have enough really good film yet. Exactly. And there's just as much bad film in big games as there's going to be good film, no matter what he does on Saturday. Right. Exactly. Next year, he'd come back. The point being, for this game, I hope that this game makes this decision tough for him mm-hmm. because he's that good. And then yeah. ultimately, I hope he makes the right decision. Absolutely. I don't know if he will or won't. Of the five guys that I look at as making a decision, he's the one I'm most worried that he's thinking is going to leave. Yeah, me too. I, I just get him, Foskey, Adamiola, Jarrett Patterson, and Cam Hart. I just have no intel whatsoever. This is my gut. Like, you know, they he was he was part of the press conference earlier this week, and and he's like, yeah, you know, that's a decision I'm going to make late. Like, I don't know. It's just the feeling that I get is that he's not going to come back, and I just feel like that's going to be not a great decision. Uh, but you know, he's if got this do game best. makes it obvious to him that he needs to come back. That's not good for Notre Dame. No, it's win not. This game, you know what and I mean? It's, it's kind of a like, well, do I want him to do well? <laughs> Yes, the answer I would is say yes, yes because well. if Kevin Austin blows up in this game and Notre Dame wins and he leaves, that's a bummer. But this is why you recruit receivers every year because sure. there's this kid named Deion Colsey who you coach up and get ready to Absolutely. play. There's this kid named Tobias Merriweather that's going to show up this summer that you can coach up and get ready to play. You don't want to lose Kevin Austin because Kevin Austin could be a star next yes. season. No question. But if he leaves because he dominates this game and Notre Dame wins, okay. I can live with that, yeah, but hopefully he dominates. Yeah. They win and he comes back, but <laughs> you hope it. that this decision, yeah. this game makes it tough on him because if Mike, if, if Kevin Austin goes off, especially early, it makes everything else work better. Yes. And that's a big no key question. And Notre Dame, the receivers as a whole, they, and we'll get more into this, the keys to the game, but they are going to have to be able to make some plays down the field to take pressure off the run game. Because as we've mentioned I think in just about every show where we've talked about the Oklahoma State defense, we've mentioned at some point, man, their DBs are really good against the run. Right, absolutely. If you can take those guys out of the run game because they're afraid of you running by them, it's huge for your run game. No question. So that's another reason why Kevin Austin is a big part of this matchup for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And I, and I was going to say that the, the, the biggest recruiter of Kevin Austin is going to need to be Tyler Buckner, you know, going into next year or, or even Drew Pine or whatever, because it makes my job as the quarterback so much easier if number four is out there. And that's right. nothing against the other guys on the depth chart. Right. But if, if Kevin Austin's right. out there, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Sure. And that kind of slides us into our next guy uh, as, as, as to who we're yeah. going to talk about next. And that's court. Well, kind of. Kind yeah. of. Not yeah. Tyler Buckner as much, but the quarterback position. It slides us into our next position. Yes. Not so much the exact same player. Eh, close. And that's Jack Cohn. Absolutely. And, and I think that when Jack Cohn is on – simple as this even in some of these games where they lost and he didn't play well overall when he would get that series or two where he was just getting rid of the ball quickly and being you know assertive it's like for example go watch the first drive against cincinnati and stop it right before the interception it was a great drive he was money on that yeah drive. i mean just great, a great drive third down ball for a first down threw a great fourth down ball to kevin uh, michael mayer for a first down and he was getting the ball out quick he was getting it out yeah. on time he looked really good you look at the first series against Wisconsin, then you come out the second series and he is getting the ball out to Avery Davis on a second and 20 on the seams and just really looking good. And we would see it at times, but not consistently. You look at the Florida State game when Jack got hot in that game and just shredded Florida State. You look at what he did in the last two games. I mean, Notre Dame averaged 50 points in their final two wins of the season, correct? True, yeah. I mean, wasn't it? It was 55 nothing and 45 to nothing. Am I, yep. am I correct on those scores? I believe scores? that's accurate, yeah. You know, and, and Jack Cohn threw for over 300 yards, I believe, in both games, or at least close to it. Yeah, 100 points in, in both of those games. I believe Jack Cohn averaged about 300 yards those two games. Yeah, it was 285 in, in the first one, 345 in the second one. So he averaged over, yeah. yeah, it was over 300 yards a game. He averaged over 10 yards per, per completion. Right. Or per attempt, excuse me, per attempt. Now, of course, that was against Georgia Tech and Stanford, who won a combined six games. Sure, get that. This is a different animal. The point being, no matter who they play, when Jack is protected, decisive, mm -hmm. accurate, and aggressive, this offense has been really hard to stop. Even against some of the better teams, it's just he would go away from that. And then... And that's going to be a key for Jack. This is your sure. last go of it, buddy. Absolutely. You got nothing to lose. Absolutely. Go out there and let it rip. Because if Jack Cone plays well, and again, reason we went with him last, because to a, for a large degree, a quarterback's only as good as the supporting cast. If Jack Cone's ready to rock and roll, but Blake Fisher and Joe Walt aren't getting a job done, Kate <laughs> Madden's not getting a job sure. done, or the yeah. receivers are dropping balls, or Kevin Austin's not getting open, or the running backs aren't doing bits, blitz pickup, then it doesn't matter how good matter, Jack Cohn yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. But if everybody does their job to some degree and Jack Cohn is the the hot it's, Jack Cohn. He's locked in, yeah. That, this this is going to be a good day for Notre Dame. Absolutely. because And we've seen, you know, um, and you touched on it a little bit, and, and yes, second half of the season when they kind of adjusted their philosophy a little bit, you know, get the ball out fast, you know, quick decision-making, you know, things of that nature, a little RPO action, things like that. That's when Jack Cohn has really hit his stride, and he is playing mm -hmm. with a confidence level right now that is through the roof. I mean, there were games where we would talk, in a, some of it on the air, some of it off the air, about how 
they had a, a bigger role for Tyler Buckner planned, right? Mm-hmm. They couldn't take Jack off the field because right. he was playing so well, right? And 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 had nothing to do with the competition that they were playing against. It was just the fact that he was dialed in. And right. look, he is playing with a tremendous amount of confidence right now. And if he can parlay that into this game uh, in the festival, in, in the under the bright lights, and all that f- fun stuff, all those cliches, right? Then this offense is going to be just fine, right? But it's the trigger man. If he's not feeling it, if he's not locked in, then you get the question marks. Okay, do they go to Tyler Buckner? Do they go, you know, do they try something different? Do they mm-hmm. lean more on the run game? You know, all of these different things if he's not dialed in. I I this is why he's so important to this. I mean, he's got to be dialed in. He's got to play with confidence. I'm looking at the his numbers here, Vince, starting like from the Virginia Tech game on. Okay. And and it's kind of absurd really, when, when you think about it. So for the last seven games of the year, including Virginia Tech, Jack Cohn completed 73.8% of his passes. That's the last seven games of the year. Told, okay, wow. So if you look at the last seven games, he threw 44, he threw 168 passes in the last seven games. Okay. 44 of those were incomplete. I can count off the top of my head seven or eight drops out of that group. Because that includes the USC game. Easily. And that is, I mean, that is a really really nasty i mean that's it's playing not only that's, with confidence that's big but, time football but he's playing yeah. well i mean it's one right. thing to be confident okay but it's another thing to then produce what your confidence is telling right. you that you can do because look notre Tommy Reese played real yeah. confident too right. right when he when he played at notre dame right. but it wasn't always you know fruitful right. on the field okay so it, it's a combination of confidence and then precision right and because when he's confident and protected we know he's going to make those good decisions. And, you know, I mean, and it's not a coincidence that Notre Dame yeah. was 7-0 and during that stretch. And and 6-0 right. and in the games where Jack really played well. Because, I mean, he he had some struggles early against Virginia Tech. He had, he had a couple misses that he should have hit and came, comes off the bench late. And that's really what kind of sparked this, this run for him. But the next six games, yes, they played bad teams. But you know who else wasn't very good? Toledo, yeah. Florida State. You know, Purdue exactly. wasn't a great team. Virginia Tech wasn't that good. And Notre Dame struggled to beat all those teams. Right. You come out in the final six games, and Jack starts playing to his potential, and all of a sudden Notre Dame doesn't has one competitive game the whole stretch, and that was against North Carolina, a game where, you know, Notre Dame's defense is the reason they didn't play great. I mean, scored forty four points that game. Right. You know, I right. mean, so so you're, I mean, you're just blo- you're just destroying people down the stretch, and a big part of it was that's when Jack Cohn started to get good. And now, of course, we had the philosophical changes and all that kind of stuff, but what we haven't seen is what this offense looks like against a great defense. Because Absolutely. let's be honest, since the loss against Cincinnati, Notre Dame has not played a good defense. Absolutely Virginia Tech agree. is the closest thing you can get to that, and they're barely a top 40 defense. You know, as we as we pointed out in a previous show, Navy of the final six opponents, Navy was the only one of those opponents to not rank outside the top 100 in point, points allowed per game at 82 You know, But they did what they're supposed to do against those teams, right? They scored a lot of points and blew them out. And so Jack Cohn is a guy that I'm going to be, I'm going to, so like, here's how I'm, when I'm, I'm going to be in the stands, I'm going to be watching the game. Here's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to be watching Blake Fisher set. And then I'm going to get my eyes right on Jack Cohn. Cause I want to yeah. see his confidence. I want to see if he's getting rid of the ball quickly. I want to see, you know, just kind of where he is and his just beat the blitz, get the ball up quickly, yep. be accurate, good ball placement, protect the football. And if we see good Jack Cohn early, Notre Dame's going to ha- be able to get into a rhythm because I think that's a key to this game is you've got to oh. come out and you've got to play well early. 
Yeah. You know, you've got to get into an early rhythm, get, get Oklahoma state on their heels a bit. And Jack's going to be a big part of that. So as we look at this and this matchup, those are the guys that we feel really have to step up and bring their a game. Now, again, everybody has to play well to be the number nine team in the country. That's 11 and two and has one of the three or four best defenses in the country. You can't have those four guys playing great and the seven other guys thinking, right? You all no. understand that, right? Like right. they've all got to play well to a degree, but those are the four guys who playing at their best, in my opinion, could have the biggest impact. Because if Michael, Player, Michael Mayer plays at his best, it may not. He may only have three catches for nine yards because they're going to double and triple team him. And this is, right. you know, it is what There's it is. nothing you can do, right? And so that's one of those games where he could have a big impact by not having a big impact statistically. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we kind of get at is where where for Kevin Austin to have a big impact, it's going to have to be statistically because they're not going to – he's not going to impact the game early because of their obsession with keeping him from taking the game. Because you can only double team so many guys. Okay. I just okay. And I don't see them watching film being like, yeah, 87 is pretty good. And, you know, num- number zeros, he's pretty explosive. Yeah, number 21 – but we got to stop four. I just don't. I don't right. see them doing Not that. Yet. You know, next because year this time that may be maybe, a conversation that oh, we're having. Hope so. But you know, but, look, they're 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 going to have enough faith in their corners to say we trust you against four. Sure. Kevin Austin has to make them pay for that. Absolutely. Uh, but and then then it's up to Jack Cohn to make sure the ball's getting out there, and no that's going to be the key. So Vince, that's going to do it for for this edition of the sort of the podcast of just the players that we think for Notre Dame really have to stay locked in. So uh, hope you enjoyed that show. If you are listening now, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. If you're listening via podcast, give us a five star review. But make sure that you look out here real soon. It may be out by the time you listen to this. If not, it'll be out very shortly. But make sure you look for the defensive version of this podcast. So for Vince, I'm Brian. We'll talk to you again very very soon. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off. 
at MVMT.com.